Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. Today on episode 6, we take a look at Animal Kingdom as Joe helps Leslie better appreciate what she describes as her least favorite park. Find old episodes at DisneyDeciphered.com or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review and told someone else you know about the podcast. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from the Ask Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And so uh, today we are doing our Animal Kingdom 101 episode. We are taking the parks one by one and just uh, giving a brief overview, especially for people who have never been, you know, an overview of the park and tips and tricks just to make the most out of your park experience. However, on today's park, Animal Kingdom, Leslie, I've heard rumor that you are a hater. You do not like this park. I'm not sure that's totally fair, Joe. But yeah, yeah, we'll do things a little differently today because Animal Kingdom is definitely my least favorite park. Let's just put it that way. And maybe it has something to do with about, you know, when my Disney vacations happened. You know, Animal Kingdom opened when I was an adult. So I don't have happy childhood memories of it the way that I do um, with the other parks. And it's the park I've just gone to the least over the years. So you're, you're the animal kingdom expert, I would say. And so I'm going to, I'm going to be getting you to try to convince me to become more of a fan. And I, I should also confess, I have not yet been to Pandora, the world of avatar, which is the new land that opened last May. Is that right, Joe? Yeah, May 2017. So maybe Pandora will change my mind. But as of right now, uh, Animal Kingdom is my least favorite park. So I'm going to be relying upon you and your expertise to help first timers get the most out of it. And maybe I'll learn something along the way too. Yeah, I mean, not being to Pandora since, I mean, it hasn't even been a year and the lines are crazy. That's understandable. Um, before you get to asking me about Animal Kingdom, I think the audience really needs to know, they demand to know what is your touring plan at Animal Kingdom? Because you told me your touring plan at Animal Kingdom before, and I just found it fairly amusing. My touring plan is to go ride Expedition Everest again and again and again and again and leave. So you just go to Animal Kingdom for one ride. I, you don't even like Kilimanjaro Safaris, the safari where you you know ride in a rickety tram to look at all the sorts of wildlife? No, I do like Kilimanjaro safaris. I've, I've just been a couple of times to Animal Kingdom in the last few years by myself without my kids. So I guess I just am a thrill ride junkie and I, I adore Expedition Everest. It's really, really fantastic. So I just go do that. But I think, I think I do it a little differently with kids and uh, I'll be taking my kids this summer. So maybe that touring plan will change. Any way to cut the line at Expedition Everest if you want to be a crazy person and just ride it five times in a row and then leave the park like people we shall not name? Yes, if you're by yourself, like I was without any kids, there is a single rider line in Expedition Everest, and that will cut your wait time substantially. Um, it's also, you can also use it if you have kids with you who feel comfortable riding without you. So, you know, tweens and teens might be okay using it as well. Yeah, and this is as good an episode as any to uh, just point out the existence of the child swap. Leslie, you want to just talk real quick about what child swap is? Yes, uh, it's a program where if you have two adults who both want to ride a thrill ride and you, you have a baby with you and you got to trade off caring for that baby or toddler, you only have to wait in line one time. So the way to do it is to ask a cast member as you're getting in the line, say, you know, I want to use child swap. You usually have to show the kid to make sure that you're not cheating and they'll give you a little pass 
where you can come back to the ride. The second group in your party can come back to the ride. I really love child swap because the, if you have an older child in your group, so like I have an eight year old daughter who loves riding the thrill rides, that child can actually ride twice. So it's amazing if you're an older sibling, if you have a little baby brother or baby sister and, you know, parents can trade off at each ride once and the big, the big sibling gets to double up. Yeah. And you can't guarantee this, but a lot of times the pass, they give you a paper pass physically that you can use in the fast pass line. A lot of times it doesn't expire until the end of the month because they don't want to print passes with like every single date on it. So if you're there for a long time, which as you remember, Leslie prefers, one thing you can do is just build up all these child swap passes over the course of your trip and then just go nuts at the end and you know, just ditch your kids and ride every single ride um, with no lines. But enough about that. Uh, I think that was enough of a tangent. So Leslie, what do you want to know about Animal Kingdom? You know, I'm going to tell you a little bit why I haven't enjoyed Animal Kingdom and you tell me what I'm doing wrong, Joe. So, you know, vibe wise, I always find, you know, the park doesn't really have a Disney feel to it. There aren't a lot of the big Disney characters and attractions themed around the movies that I know and love. It's also just a really, really hot, hot park to me. I always feel five degrees hotter than I do everywhere else. So, so what am I doing wrong when I'm going to Animal Kingdom? You know, I think that's a good point. Like, it's not really Disney themed. I mean, there's the Festival of the Lion King, but you know, all the other parks, well, except for maybe Epcot, but they kind of have Disney themes woven throughout all the attractions. Honestly, the way I think about Disney's Animal Kingdom, and I'm sure other Animal Kingdom fans might disagree with me, but I kind of just think of it. Actually, I literally describe it to my kids as Mickey's Zoo. Basically, when I started taking my kids. I told them that we, I never told them we were going to Disney World. I just told them that we were going to Mickey's house. And then when I got there, I realized I had to explain them that like, wait, why are there four different places of Mickey's house? Um, and so the way I described Animal Kingdom was that it's just Mickey's zoo. So it's just kind of like animal themed, um, but Mickey's kind of in charge of all of it. Now that's how I described it to my kids. If I was describing it to an adult, I would say that Animal Kingdom is like a zoo in the same way that Jurassic Park is a zoo. It's a zoo that will blow your mind and make your jaw drop like Laura Dern. So, you know, maybe you just, switch your framework a little bit and don't think of it as, you know, having to be totally Disney themed because I think it's nice getting a little bit outside of the Disney bubble, even within one of the parks. Plus, you know, Russell from up is there. So there are some characters. That's true. There actually are, are quite a few character meet and greets because there aren't as many rides. Um, so they've really made up and filled in the gaps with a lot of the character meet and greets. So I do find it a good place to get sort of a lot of uh, obscure photos with the characters and maybe not have to run from ride to ride, trying to maximize the number of attractions you've been on. So, so I'll buy into that. H- how do you tend to get to animal kingdom? Because it is probably the most remote of the four parks, you know, relative to the rest of the, the system and the other Disney hotels. What's the, the best way to get there for, people wanting to spend a day there. Yeah. So if you're on site, you know, just build an extra 15, 20 minutes into your bus ride. Obviously Uber and Lyft are going to be the fastest and the kind of Uber Lyft drop-off area isn't too far away. So you don't have to walk that far. The parking lot is not as far of a walk as some of the others. So that's not too bad if you're driving, but you know, no real kind of blow your mind tips about how to get there, but just do build in that extra time since it's going to take a while. I mean, the nice thing though, is if you're not like rushing to Pandora, there's no real reason to like have to rope drop it or anything like that. 
Well, let's talk attractions and rides. Um, I already revealed what my favorite thrill ride is. What is your favorite ride or activity for the grownups and the teenagers show? Yeah. So basically any fan of thrill ride is going to have their minds blown by a flight of passage. You know, it's sort of like Soren on steroids. So Flight of Passage is in the new World of Avatar, Pandora, which is the new land that opened in May 2017. You basically are riding a banshee, which is kind of like a pterodactyl, like a flying dinosaur. Um, but the crazy thing is you sit on these, they're basically like, they're kind of like bikes and you get strapped in. So if you're a little bit claustrophobic, bear that in mind. But then you go on this immersive 4d experience it's a thrill ride you dip down very fast you fly straight you roll left you roll right there's all sorts of like crazy animal and wildlife on pandora that you see Um, you're wearing 3d glasses i think you get wet at one point there are smells involved and they're very they're nice moments of calm um it's just really like nothing you've ever ridden before and you can kind of see in flight of passage the next evolution uh, of thrill rides and what they're going to have you know, there's a lot of kind of hate out there for screen rides, like rides that are just have a screen in front of you and you watch them. And I, I kind of get that because it's, you know, not as immersive, but Flight of Passage has shown that you can have a ride with a screen that feels incredibly immersive. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to riding that for the first time when I go in, in a few months. Uh, what At what age do you think that is appropriate for kids? I mean, I, I assume your daughter has not been on that yet. Yeah, it's tough to say. I, I feel like my daughter won't want to ride it until she's like 14 because she's a little bit of a chicken. Yeah, I have a feeling my uh, almost nine-year-old will be on that in a flash. So I'm not I'm not worried about that with her. But, but yeah, yeah, you get along. Maybe she can drag uh, mine on along. That's true. A little peer pressure never, never hurt at Disney. Yeah, I think if your kid's into thrill rides, they're going to love it. You know, the way to test it out is take them on something like Big Thunder and then take them on Soren. And if they're not scared of both, you're kind of just mashing the two together. All right. Well, that covers the thrill rides. Let's let's go one step down. Um, what about for older kids? What's your favorite ride at Animal Kingdom for maybe, you know, the four to eight-year-old set? Yeah. So once you get away from the thrill rides, which there are three, well, maybe two and a half, depending on how much you like dinosaurs screaming in your face, thrill rides that are worth riding at Animal Kingdom, in my opinion. But once you get past kind of the thrill ride thing, I still think, I honestly think Animal Kingdom is the best park for eight and under kids because it is like a zoo. So, you know, the best ride I think for kids that age is Kilimanjaro Safaris. Like I said, you're riding on a tram and you're looking at all these wildlife. Disney has basically created this outdoor safari where you know, there are all these fences keeping animals in different areas, but you can never see them. Um, so it kind of feels like you're driving through an actual safari. I grew up in New Jersey. So Six Flags Great Adventure has like an outdoor safari that you can drive through. Disney's is like that, but it doesn't seem nasty. Maybe Six Flags has gotten better, but when I was in high school, it was just kind of gross. And your monkeys jumping on your car. That doesn't happen at, uh, Kilimanjaro safaris. But in general, you know, there's a lot of things you can do. Like there are cast members who are around. So if your child is like really into bugs, you know, they're just, you'll just run into random cast members holding, uh, live bugs or mounted bugs. And they are happy to talk to you for like five, 10 minutes about these animals and creatures. That's why I say, like, if you think of it as a zoo and your kids enjoy zoos, they'll really enjoy the animal kingdom. 
Also, if you have four to eight year olds, there's this really great play area called the Boneyard, which is just kind of like a huge playground. I know you're not going to Disney World to like go to playgrounds, but if you need your, if you need to rest a little bit, but have your kids still get some energy out, um, I'd rec- really recommend checking out the Boneyard. Great recommendation. Sometimes kids just need time for free play instead of being marched from attraction to attraction. So I can definitely see the appeal there. Finally, what about rides for the whole family? You know, what are the ones you can take your babies on that they'll be happy with and that you will be happy with as a, as an adult as well? So you can still take your babies on Kilimanjaro. I would suggest it's a bumpy ride. So if they're not strapped in tight in a baby carrier, definitely have your baby in the middle of the tram. I my two-year-old was sitting by himself and I wouldn't let him sit on the edge just because it's just, it is bumpy in like a kind of off-roading kind of way, not like in a thrilling way. So bear that in mind. There's of course Triceratops Spin, which is basically Dumbo with Triceratops. It's basically like the poor man's version of Dumbo. Some people really like it. Um, Infants, of course, are going to like that. The one thing that I will say is do not take anyone to, it's tough to be a bug, especially anyone who gets scared. It is one of those 4D experiences that just kind of freaks you out. I mean, you just hear all these bug sounds and there's ants running everywhere. And then all of a sudden you feel ants crawling up your butt and stuff like that. It's, uh, it's really loud. Just if you're, <laughs> if you have young kids, definitely not infants. Well, maybe the infants just won't wake up at all, but if you have young kids, avoid it's tough to be a bug. It's, uh, kind of a lot. And the other thing is, uh, check out Festival of the Lion King. There's a lot of cool sights and sounds and, uh, great music. Um, you know, so an infant could definitely be into that. Great recommendation. I have to ask you too about uh, Navi River Journey. That's the other major ride at Pandora. What's what's your take on that attraction? It's okay. Uh, definitely would never wait more than 15 minutes for that ride personally. If I'd never rid- ridden it, maybe I'd wait for like an hour. But it's kind of just a relaxing boat ride with psychedelic colors and an amazing audio animatronic at the end. Infants would probably like that ride. It's very calming and soothing, but you might not want to wait that long for an infant. Got it. So it, it kind of makes your maybe your overrated list a little bit. I don't know if it's overrated because I don't know if people really love it. But don't don't use your fast pass on that unless there's nothing else. Fair enough. People are certainly waiting for it, but that's probably due to the newness of it, and that will wear off, I presume. Let's get to the dining in Animal Kingdom. That is a park that I have rarely had a meal at. So what are your recommendations for the best places to eat for families? Yeah, so if you're grabbing a snack or you just want to relax a little bit in the middle of the day, you should check out Nomad Lounge. It is right at the entrance of Pandora, which made people think that the crowds were going to get really big. Um, But still, in the middle of the day, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, it's a great place to get an appetizer. Um, It's not that crowded. Tiffin's is a a sit-down restaurant that people really enjoy, although... You know, it can be a little bit expensive. And for my money, Tusker House is one of the best character meals on property. It's a buffet. It's a little bit expensive, but, you know, it's just cool um, seeing all the characters in their Explorer outfits, um, you know, while you're eating your buffet. If you're going for quick service, everyone's favorite is Flame Tree Barbecue. Although personally, there's a kind of food court called Harambe Market that I prefer. So those would be my suggestions for food. Also, uh, most importantly, you can get a Dole Whip at Tamutama Refreshments um, right outside of Africa. Yeah, Dole Whip is a Disney must-have, so a good place to get it. And you can get the Dole Whip with alcohol in Animal Kingdom, which you cannot in the Magic Kingdom. That is definitely essential. So maybe that will be uh, my new favorite park now that I know I can get a Dole Whip with alcohol there. Hey, it's about the zoo, okay? It's it's, It's about the animals. Come on, stay focused. 
Priorities, priorities. Well, you know, sometimes Disney can drive you to, to that. So, you know, no comment. Well, that uh, about wraps us up with Animal Kingdom 101. Can you leave us with any final parting tips? I think I'll be spending a little more time there, there on my next trip. Yeah, I think the last thing that I did not mention was Rivers of Light, the new night show. Honestly, amongst for adults, it's it's okay, but it's not as impressive as like seeing fireworks. But I will say that I think younger kids like really love that. And especially, you know, I think I've mentioned before, my daughter's a little bit and my son actually are a little bit afraid of fireworks because they're too loud. Rivers of Light has none of those issues. And, you know, our last trip, my daughter was really disappointed that we didn't get to go see it again. That's the last thing I would say. Yeah, Rivers of Light is really great, and it's definitely a, a lower key show. My my kids have seen it and really enjoyed it. It's it's definitely a good way to avoid those those loud noises, and you know it's been it's been received with mixed reviews. But I've always enjoyed it when I've seen it. Ditto. All right, so uh, we're about out of time. You can find old episodes on DisneyDecipher.com. Please subscribe to us in iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find podcasts. Spotify as well. Tell your friends if you've enjoyed what you're listening to. Just help us to grow the podcast and get it before more ears. And if you could leave us a review, we'd really appreciate that. You can connect with me as a Joe flies at gmail.com and also on social media at the same. And you can connect with Leslie at trips with tykes at gmail.com and also the same on social media. Any final thoughts, Leslie? No final thoughts. (laughs) All right. Well, that's a great way to end. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Yep. And we'll see you next time.